Hello and welcome to another episode of Journey to the Rise. I'm your host, Lucretia. In today's episode, we welcome Dre. She is an incredible woman who is inspiring people with her dance skills. Dre was born to dance and cannot imagine a life without it. She brings a vibrant energy to the dance floor and to this conversation. We also dive into how she began to find a career in instructing and leading dance with Zumba classes. As her class size was growing, she realized she needed to make a change. Though she loved leading Zumba classes and her classes were filling up more and more, the business end of it for her was not working. So, she took a chance on herself. Dre is also into strength training, and we get into why that was important to her and get honest and vulnerable with women's image and body issues. So go put your dance shoes on, fill up your water bottle, and let's get started. Please welcome my guest, Dre. This woman openly shares that she creates dance and strength workouts that make you feel joyful, sexy, and confident and strong. She is not just vibrant in her videos, but also on Instagram, and she is going to be very vibrant in this interview today. And I am so excited to bring her vibrancy into this interview. Dre, thank you so much for being here. Wow, what a nice intro. Okay, I'm ready. Vibrancy for everyone. Here we go. Absolutely. Vibrancy and savvy businesswoman, we're here for it. <laughs> well, I'll do the best I can. You are amazing. So where did you, I'm just going to kick it off, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago in a little town called Mundelein, Illinois, and basically lived in the Chicago suburbs until I went to college. So Chicago girl, born and raised. Chi town that's it yeah (laughs) so you mentioned um i don't know if it was in your on your website or in your social media that you were dancing by the time you were four years old so what do you remember about dancing like were your parents always dancing was this just something that appealed to you no i honestly don't know where it came from it definitely didn't come from my parents um my mom's side of the family is very musical so in terms of like our love of music it definitely came from my mom but no, I just like came out of the womb dancing. There's a, a pretty epic video of me dancing to Beat It when I was four years old in our living room. And my brother nice. Scott was like playing the Eddie Van Halen solo on a tennis racket. Like we were just <laughs> knuckleheads, you know? Having but, fun. Uh, no, just, yeah, it was so much fun. And then like, you know, back in the 80s because I was born in 1985. So the, the days of going to roller rinks, I don't know, I don't know if that resonates with you, but you know, we would go to the family skate night and instead of roller skating, I would just like take off my skates and get in the middle and dance to the Paula Abdul music videos on, you know, opposites attract and whatnot. So yeah, I was just always, always dancing as a child. That's incredible. Perfect. And how, how did you start to choreograph when you were just 10? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I wasn't paid by any Sure, no, but still. Yeah, I just, uh, I would babysit. We lived on a cul-de-sac and I would babysit the neighbor kids. And like, that was my way of keeping them occupied. I remember distinctly having my CD player outside with my 1995 Grammy nominees CD. I don't know if you remember when there were Grammy nominees CDs. Um, And I would just make them do my bidding. (laughs) Nice. Dances, we did a dance to. the Natalie Merchant song Wonder and a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, I just, I think I see 
I see pictures of movement or patterns and then I just like have people do it. So That's amazing. yeah, it's been a my pattern. That's incredible. And I bet they loved it. Like how fun would that be to know that you get to dance while you're hanging out with your babysitter? <laughs> If I could still do that, I mean, actually, I do do that sometimes with my nieces and nephews. The more I can just say, like, hey, freeze dance, dance party, like, it is a great way to, you know, because these days with kids and screens and stuff, like, right. it's just the power of music and movement to change your mood. It still works. So, mm -hmm. you don't so need Minecraft. Were you on dance teams in high school? Um, I was not on dance teams in high school. Um, there was one year that I did orchises, um, and I was in choir, but I never did show choir. Um, but I did study dance at like a studio from age, you know, I did like a year when I was four and then I restarted at like a proper dance studio when I was seven and I was with them all the way up until I went to college so I studied like properly just not through the school district did you have a favorite dance class as a kid oh man um honestly I'm a tap dancer by trade like that's nice. my that's my real thing um I'm a little rusty but I was in a tap company in high school called Mad Rhythms they're based here in Chicago on the south side and I went to the Sammy Dyer School of Theater which is the oldest tap studio in the country it was founded in the 1920s and wow. just had such a rich history of tap and um, Brill Barrett is one of the founders of that tap company and he came to my little suburban studio what? and I was just blown away by the hoofing the style of tap that he did that I followed him down to the south side and my last two years before I went to college, I was driving like two hours each way to like go and take this class because I thought it was so incredible. So I was yeah, lucky to have a very rich um, training experience yeah. in college. What a great opportunity. Yeah, and where did really you end up going to, that's an awesome. Where did you end up going to college? I went to a small private school in South Florida called Palm Beach Atlantic University in West Palm Beach. Um, I studied musical theater and dance there. Very cool. For the job security. Right. Because <laughs> who doesn't go to college for theater for job security? You know, would I have done that now, knowing what I know? Maybe right. not. But right. that's what we did. And yeah. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> and so what made you realize you wanted to teach dance fitness? Was that something you realized when you were in college? Was it after college? Like, how did that evolve for you? Yeah, it was after college. I think I was living back at home in the Chicago suburbs. Uh, you know, I was taking dance classes downtown and I had never really done like a group fitness class. Zumba was a big thing at the time. Um, but you know, I had a lot, I had a big chip on my shoulder being a dancer forever. And I, I don't know, it took me a long time to like take my first group fitness class. And then I ended up moving to Nashville and I found a Zumba class that I just loved. The instructor was just a firecracker. I really liked her music and her vibe. And I was like, game on, front row, Mondays, Fridays, whatever. And then I ultimately got Zumba certified and started teaching that same class, took it over. And then a couple years into teaching Zumba, I just started my own brand. So I would have more flexibility in the playlist. Yeah. So, and I was choreographing all my own stuff anyway. So that's just kind of how it started. 
Wow. And there seems to be, like, I have taken my, my own series of Zumba classes, and it seems like when you get out into the, the wild world that we live in, people are like, Zumba. Like, there seems to be this disconnect, because yet these classes fill up. You have a ton of people of all ages. Let me say that again. All ages. That's <laughs> so these, true. <laughs> but, yeah, when you talk to someone, they're like, oh, that's, like, for people that are old. I'm like, what? Well, the thing about it is that it really depends on the instructor because there is some validity where like some classes that it just really depends on the demographic, the instructor, their energy level. Like it really can vary quite a bit, but that also means you do get some of these like superstars that will like kick your butt and make you have the best time ever. So, but I understand it. Yeah. <laughs> and so where did you so you're teaching zumba and then you ended up at a community center like how did you find was it through that zumba class that you got at the community center or how did that come together for you no i taught at almost every single ymca in nashville like i had a permanent class at probably like five or six different um areas in nashville and so i kind of built a, a small following through that and um yeah, I guess I don't really know what prompted me to like go off on my own, uh, but I just, I think it was my 30th birthday actually went, yeah, because I went to Europe for my 30th birthday, like the week after we launched or something. So um, yeah, I just wanted to do my own thing and uh, luckily people followed me from the Y and then it also allowed people who didn't have Y memberships to participate. Right, right. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Dre talks about how she gets excited for women she works with when they begin to notice the changes in their fitness and the empowerment and celebration that comes with that part of a fitness journey. And so what I am passionate about is helping people discover their own strength, which I've seen firsthand. And yes, I am excited when they start seeing definition in their shoulders and they're like feeling themselves and you can tell that they're feeling themselves. And I love that for them. And I celebrate that. Have you been stagnant in the growth of your business? Would you like to see an increase to your revenue goals? Show your clients you are an authority in your industry by using visual storytelling with video, photography, and content strategy package with Girl Boss Productions. A video series will help customers get to know you and allow you to build a relationship with people who want to support you. Using video on your website and in your marketing content, you can increase conversions by 80%. By enhancing your presence on social media and your website with updated and stylish photos, you can zhuzh up your marketing content. Giving it a little je ne sais quoi will grab the attention of your clients and they will take more time to read your post and spend time on your website instead of scrolling past it or clicking away. Utilizing video, photos, and a content strategy all in one package will promote your business to existing and potential clients and help develop a relationship with clients who want to support you, which ultimately results in increased sales. If you'd like to know more about how you can enhance your business with video and visual storytelling, contact girlbossproductions.com today. Welcome back to Journey to the Rise. We continue our conversation with Dre and when she began to discover with her strength training how strong she was and how it began to shift her mindset in a positive manner. 
And you also talk about like strength training and you offer programs that help people get started in, in toning and strengthening. And one of your posts, it really kind of drew me in and it said, if you do the program, you will see results, but they don't come overnight unless you radically change your nutrition, which I appreciate you commenting on because a lot of people forget how important nutrition is. Mm -hmm. But then you continue by saying, you may not see a huge difference in 30 days, but in six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, 12 weeks can change your life. What is it about being dedicated to a fitness routine that you can offer that can, for 12 weeks, can change a person's life? Honestly, I think a lot can happen even well before that point. But my point is that, uh, you know, we live in an instant gratification culture and in a lot of ways that's not good. So people are looking for a 30 day fix or maybe a six week fix. Um, and that's not to say that you can't make progress in that time but i think of it in terms of like turning a cruise ship right so like we want to we may not turn your whole life around in six weeks eight weeks even in 12 weeks but we can make a very meaningful shift in your navigation so instead of ending yeah. up on this trajectory that you've already been on you already know the results and how that feels and looks for you we can make an actual sustained um change of trajectory and what's been really amazing about it is that, you know, I'm, I have realized I'm, I'm not passionate about like weight loss. I didn't get into this because I'm a trainer that's like so passionate about people like losing weight. Like I'm a dancer. I love to dance. I invite people into that. And I also really enjoy strength training and have really benefited from that journey as well. And so what I am passionate about is helping people discover their own strength which I've seen firsthand. And yes, I am excited when they start seeing definition in their shoulders and they're like feeling themselves and you can tell that they're feeling themselves. Yeah. And I love that for them and I celebrate that. But it's more so about how courageous they become. Because if you think about it, and I'm sorry, I'm knowing I'm going on a soapbox. No, this is like, great, yes. Um, you know, I think for a long time, and it's totally fine if this is, you know, what you do for your workouts. But for a long time, I think women only really felt permission to pick up three pound weights, two pound weights, five pound weights. And I don't know what it was, if that's just the only thing that was modeled for us at the time, that could be it. But I found the process of discovering my own strength really empowering. And I really wanted to show other people that it wasn't just a me thing. Like they can actually follow a path designed to build strength and discover this whole new side of themselves and a new narrative with their body. Because for me, and that's a whole other thing, it's just like having a, a really adversarial relationship with my body for my whole life, which I think a lot of dancers have, regardless of what size they are. Um, you know, when I learned how strong I was, it was like, oh, I've got like a positive feedback loop with my body. So instead of hating it all the time, I feel proud of myself. Like, look, last week I lifted 225. This week I lifted 245. And it's not not over a week, but you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, just see yes. that progression. Mm -hmm. It felt so good. And I knew that that was possible for other people. Um, so that's why, that's why I created the strength <laughs> program. That's incredible. And how did you get into, like, strengthening and, and lifting? Because, like, that's not normal for a dancer. So, like, what was the influence? Where did that come from? So my friend Allison, uh, shout out to Allison, 
She is in Nashville. She was a co-owner of a CrossFit gym. Um, she also taught at the YMCA, but I had never taken any of her classes, but she had posted videos of this like boot camp style class at her CrossFit gym. And at the time I saw it and I'm like, that looks really cool. But like, I, I literally wrote on the, co- on the comments, like I would die. And she's, and you know, <laughs> we weren't really close friends either. We were proper acquaintances. And she's like, no, you should tot- you could totally do it. You're a dancer. I know you could do it. And I was like, nah, I'll, I'll think about it. I really, I think I would die. And um, I went and the the two things that made a difference, and this is what I incorporate, this is the key elements to everything that I make, is that she, A, she showed me what to do and she believed that I could do it. She encouraged me and they had good music. I kid you not, if they had not had good music playing, I think it was like the Get Turned playlist on Spotify, if it was a bad playlist, I wouldn't have stayed because music is so central to me because I think music is fuel and I'm a very emo person. So if it's not like, if you feel like you're dying because you're doing like 10 box jumps or something, but if you put on Usher, when I start to do the box jumps, I'll probably do it naturally. You know what I mean? So it's like right? those yeah. three elements were present and she showed me that I could do things that I didn't think I could do. And she didn't bark at me like a CrossFit instructor. She encouraged me and the music naturally fueled me. So that's how I got started. That's incredible. And what kind of changes have you noticed within yourself once you started to do that? Because you had a post about the the progression that you were making and there's a video you had and you're like, my feet aren't right, this isn't right, but I didn't give up. So like, what was it that you said, I want to stay with this strength training? I think it is because of that there's such a feeling I guess there's a feeling of accomplishment like you can see it's nice to you know I'm a high achiever it's nice to see the progress and you know I'm not somebody who weighs themselves if that works for you that's great I it sends me on a bad spiral I don't think it's helpful so to have a metric that's just like science right like this week it's you deadlifted 235 couple weeks later we keep working on it you just lifted 265 you get addicted to seeing your own progress and like oh i just i just flew 100 pounds above my head like that feels amazing you know and it's nothing emotional it's not like it's just so nice to have a very clear and scientific like benchmark i don't know yeah. You should try it. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely feel very encouraged to try it because watching you through, like when I was researching for this, watching you go through these paces, I was like, dang, look at her go. Like, and I think there's one where you're like, I'm afraid to drop the bell. And then you like yeah. drop it. And, and then there's another one you're like, I'm still afraid. And then all of a sudden yeah. you're like, bloop, done. Oh, <laughs> mic drop. It is the best feeling. You just feel so empowered. And everybody has that capacity in them you know like we all have different bodies and limitations but like if you have someone to show you what to do and how to do the technique properly and you're willing this is the key part that i coach my members on is that you have to be willing to walk to the edge of what you can currently do and that's a scary place it's a very vulnerable place to go to right because you, you don't know if you have what it takes and you're not you're afraid of failing And so the important thing is coaching them and saying like, hey, it's actually a good thing to fail. Like it's actually a good thing for your muscles to fail and to walk to the edge 
then you know where it is. And then the next time it's going to be a little bit further, you know, but, but being willing to step outside of what you know you can do is a very scary and vulnerable thing. So to have an encouraging coach like an Allison to really say, Hey, I believe in you. I'm going to show you how to do it. And I know you can. And then you do, it's just a great, great feeling. That is the best. I, I used to take riding lessons and then ended up teaching myself. And the best thing my riding instructor would tell me is, I would not ask you to do something if I felt you could not do it. Mm -hmm. And I noticed when I turned that around, when I became an instructor and turned that on to my students, like they would push themselves and also like the level of confidence would grow because they're like, I, I just did that. Yeah. I just jumped four feet. I'm like, I know, I knew you could do it. So I know. You know, when you were saying that, I'm like, you know, sometimes we need that encouraging voice to trust our, you know, that person enough to say, I know you can do this. Absolutely. It's essential. It's really yeah. important. And it's really gratifying when they take that leap and then they see that for themselves. So like, that's, that's something I really enjoy. And have you noticed like the significant, a significant change in yourself, like physically when you started doing the strength training? Oh yeah. Cause I'm hearing more and more from different, I try to be very particular on who I follow health wise online and, and in person. And the people who I follow, I've noticed they've been talking more and more about women need to be strengthening their bodies <laughs> oh yeah oh my gosh it's hard to put into words like I, I could show you side by side pictures of like when I was just doing cardio and when I was doing strength training but um yeah it's just it makes a huge huge difference and also just the feeling of being strong and tight and powerful it's some like I when I'm not like in a proper conditioning mode I don't like how I feel you know I like the feeling even when I'm really sore you know to be like man I feel really strong it's a it's a, just a really empowering feeling so yes I've definitely That's incredible. noticed a difference and you your career also took you on tours and you're out dancing on tours like how did that come did you audition like how no, did no, you no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not dancing on tours I have like two different lives so okay like, Let's I go dive into these lives well <laughs> I, d I go on tour with bands and yeah. I am on their crew. I'm often a tour manager. There have okay. been times when certain bands have let me dance on stage. Two of them have actually let me dance on stage, Alabama Shakes and Pentatonix. Um, but no, that's like, that's a separate life. And then I come home and I go back to being Dance with Dre. <laughs> dance with Dre. Yeah. Was there a fitness instructor that you did go and dance with? Yes. Okay. Um, so Jessica Bass James, uh, Dance Fitness with Jessica, she's like probably the third biggest YouTuber in the dance fitness space. We just both happened to live in Tennessee. She lives in Knoxville, has a studio there. She was really a pioneer in the dance fitness industry. She went viral back in the days of um, Facebook before they would block every single copyrighted song that was being shared. And uh, she was doing a dance fitness tour. And I think I had reached out to her and said like, hey, I'd love to maybe open for you when you come to Nashville, which is where I was based at the time. And I opened for her, I think I did maybe three songs. And she just like became a genuine fan of mine and my choreography. Wow. And she started like doing some of my choreography in her own classes and on her live stream. I mean, like she's, she's got like 3 million subscribers on YouTube. Like she's big, <laughs> big potatoes and I'm little tiny potatoes. Um, 
And then she has since over the years invited me back to teach on her live stream and she's commissioned me to make choreography for her platform. So it's been a really um, encouraging partnership over the years. What would that 10 little, that 10 year old little girl say about that kind of opportunity? I mean, it's nuts. It's, it's absolutely nuts. Like it didn't even occur to me that she was in Tennessee. I don't think I right. even knew yeah. that she was there because she's just some person on the internet and she's so, she has such a massive following and I'm just, you know, doing my thing and I think it's good and other people think it's good. But then like when somebody of that level says, hey, I see you, I like what you're doing and I'm going to encourage right. you and platform you, like she didn't right. have to do that. So yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty cool plot twist. Yeah, I love that for you. I also love how real you are about your own like body and your fitness and and you're very honest and real. I think when you we get caught up in following people online, there's always this pseudo, you know, reality that's just but you're not. You're very very transparent. In one of your posts you you spoke about headed back to the gym tomorrow to try to recover my pre-cruise body. Been feeling depressed for the past week, to be honest. It's not all sunshine and rainbows, but I'm grateful for my friends and family who give me space to just be. God's spirit pursues me even when I'm too sad to get up and go to church in the morning, when I'm too tired, too feeling, to want to be vulnerable at all, still shows up. You keep it so real. It's like, a good thing, I don't know. Yes, no, that's a that's an incredible thing because so many people are so fake and they, they're not real, but you just bring this honest vulnerability to to just share, which I think opens up a door of healthiness for those who do follow you because that's who they are. You know, they're the ones waking up depressed and sad and too tired to get out of bed and to show up for themselves. And you're willing to share that. Yeah, I don't, um, thank you. I don't know. I think I just, maybe I'm an oversharer or maybe I just really liked the days of the internet where we all had Zangas and live journals and I, you know, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't be so transparent on Instagram if I still had a Zanga, but that's kind of what it's turned into. Um, but yeah, I think it's important for people to know. I don't know. I don't really I don't really have a different mode. I don't have a lot of I don't have necessarily like a here's my polished image mode. Right. It's really just kind of like if you like it, you're you're welcome to join the conversation and if you don't, I'll pretend like I'm not hurt by it. <laughs> you can go find somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you have a t-shirt. I would love to find this t-shirt if it still exists out there. And okay. said, I'm an absolute babe and my weight does not define me. Like, oh, yeah, that's not mine, but I did find that on the internet. And isn't that amazing? Yes. Because sadly, I think society and sometimes our parental figures push us to be defined by that weight. And I love that you said you don't weigh yourself. The healthiest thing someone once told me it was actually a, at a dance studio like stop worrying about the scale because you're trying to get to this ideal weight but i need my instructors like i need you to gain muscle or you cannot perform these moves when you gain muscle you will gain weight absolutely and people forget that and so that's also another thing i kind of have to coach people on in my strength programs because it's just it 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 i'm it tells a story, but it only tells one little part of the story, right? It's telling mm -hmm. about like how much your mass has a gravitational pull from the moon and science, but like it doesn't tell me 
about your body composition. It doesn't tell me about your performance. Um, yeah, it's just not, it's just not helpful. It's, it doesn't actually promote uh, flourishing in my life. So it's just not something that I practice. Yeah, I agree. It's like we should not be defined by that number on the scale that is constantly changing. It's, it's arbitrary and it's yeah. um and it's it's very real it's a very painful thing and yes it would be great if i could use it and not spiral and just use it as information and for the people who can do that that's great that's just not how i'm wired and that's not how my body has experienced it over the years oh no did we freeze yes we did there <laughs> you are i was like dramatic <laughs> no, pause that was a very dramatic pause. <laughs> I agree. I'm not wired that way either. And I don't, I don't know if I have met, so I'm sure they are out there. I don't think I have met someone who does well by staring at that scale. And I am so grateful for that woman who said, you, the scales don't matter. We're going to worry about how your clothes fit. We're going to worry about how you move. We're going to worry about your nutrition. End of story. And that was life changing for me. Yeah, I'm so glad. It's hard. It's hard. You know, like that's something I realized about myself is that, like I said, I'm not passionate about weight loss in particular, um, but I am passionate about people developing a healthier relationship to their body as it is right now, because we can, ha we are allowed to have aesthetic goals for ourselves, right? We're allowed to want to lose weight if that's what we desire, but even if we are on that journey, we're gonna spend so much of our lives in process and not at that arbitrary goal line that we can't hold off living the life that we want or withholding love and approval of ourselves and our body until we reach this arbitrary deadline. Because when I, when I look back on my life, like there are times when I was smaller than this and I've never ever felt small. Even at my smaller times, I didn't feel small. So it's like, yes. why am I spending this much time pulling and obsessing about different, like 12 inches of my body? Why, why am I spending so much emotional and mental energy around these things, you know? And so that's, I don't want people to live with the kind of baggage that I've lived with. And I know so many people do, you know? So yeah. that's something I'm passionate about. That's very much appreciated by clearly everyone who follows you and hopefully everyone who hears this because that, that's very valuable information that I hope if you are out there struggling with how you think you look, how you're not enough, it's bullshit. <laughs> it's, it's a very deep thing. It's not something that you can just light switch and be like, right. Lizzo energy. I just all yes. of a sudden think that I'm the bee's knees to make myself yeah. sound like I'm 80 years old. But like, <laughs> you, it, these are like entrenched neural pathways in your brain. These are stories that have been rehearsed over 30, 40 years. So mm -hmm. yeah, it might take a little bit of time to rewire, but it's possible and it's vital if we want to yeah. live a life that's flourishing. Yeah. Yeah. If you've had 20 years of someone brainwashing you that you need to be a certain weight that you physically cannot attain, it may take 20 more years to deprogram that brainwashing. Yeah. And so you just have to be patient with that process. Yeah. And hopefully we can find ways to expedite that. So that way mm -hmm. we can live closer to that life of 
freedom and peace within ourselves and self-compassion yes. and acceptance instead yeah. of waiting someday because someday is just it could be today right yeah and I love that you're that voice and helping to advocate for that freedom for people well, we need more I, of that I'm in the process world. too <laughs> I'm not the president I'm also a client <laughs> Same, sister, same. <laughs> I also love how you talk about um, like self-care. And you had a post that you talked about, after teaching class this morning, I got a much-needed massage, a forbidden coffee drink, and my hair done. I can't always afford to do this, but decided in spirit of Parks and Rec to treat myself. Sometimes you need to restore and thank your body for all it has done for you rather than pull and lament the shape it is in. Mm. Sometimes you just need to feel Yes. I love that you go into this. <laughs> it's it's true. Like we, our body has experienced so much of our criticism, uh, critique, we're demanding of it. Like your body has a whole experience, a whole life of its own. And you can't just like grind your body to a pulp, kind of like a, an orange, and try to extract everything you can from it and make it perform and burn it into the ground with stress and overwork and then expect to feel great on the inside. Like, <laughs> right. you really have, you're, you need to send a message to your body that you're safe, that you care about it, that it can release, it can relax. Like, that's not just, that's caring for your body and caring for your spirit. Like it's not a separate story like they're intertwined so i don't think it's like i think it's important to build that in intentionally to build those and that was honestly a big part of and this is a whole tangent we don't need to get into but a big part of my healing in 2020 i um got hit by a tornado in early 2020 i lost my house and my car my whole industry I'm shut down so with the pandemic sorry. And so I have very bad PTSD for the first time in my life and nothing felt safe. I was very hypervigilant. I was extra hypervigilant about COVID because of this PTSD response. I was very isolated and I lived alone. And so part of my actual healing from that trauma, aside from actual trauma therapy, which I highly encourage people to do if they need it, um, was also massage. I just started strength training one-on-one -on -one with Allison and then massage and it was really just a time to to actually tell my body you're safe you're safe and i'm taking care of you so like i really i really am passionate about it yeah yeah that tornado in nashville was terrifying it came on at night and very unexpected and i'm so sorry for everything you experienced and having to be in the middle of that nightmare yeah zero out of zero recommend Right. <laughs> and you also talk about loving your body the way it is right now, as it may not come naturally to you. But every, I love that you said everything requires practice. So try it today. You are worth it. Loving your body might take some practice if you've never really done it before. Maybe you could try it today just as you are. What a beautiful message. Yeah, it's uh, it takes practice. And it's something that I work on but I really hope that people will take that invitation to, because I think a lot of times that's it feels like such a foreign concept we're so used to the script of 
your your thighs are too big. You're try you're no one's gonna love you because you have you know thicker arms or whatever like the specific thing is or you know when you have friends who tag you in photos and you have to say please don't tag me it's like we have such deep painful associations with our bodies so so to think of oh i i love myself like like now like today like i don't have to, i can wave a white flag and have a ceasefire with my body that feels foreign and so i think it it does it takes practice yeah, people, I think you also have continued by saying don't wait on having the perfect body before you love yourself. Yeah, because I think of like little, little Dre, right? Like, and I think, you know, if I were, if I fast forward and I'm 80 and I think back on this version of Dre and I think about how much time I spend now, I would be really sad if I spent the rest of my life that I spent my entire life hating my body. Right. Just like I would hate for that little girl of like that little version of me. I don't, I wish that she hadn't wasted so many years hating herself and comparing herself. I really, it's just, it's sad. So when I think of it in that way, I'm like, I don't want that for myself and I don't want that for the people that choose to follow me. Yeah. And you also talk about like, devoting a year to loving yourself more and you comment about sometimes how people treat you is really a reflection of what they are going through it has much less to do with you and it may very well not have anything to do with you at all and you continue by saying it's a risk it's risky to abandon trying to gain other people's approval and instead learn to value your own approval what has your journey been like to gain approval of yourself Ooh. That'll preach. Um, <laughs> golly, yeah, it's. Uh, I think I think I tend to overachieve. I tend to overfunction. Um, I really enjoy working. I get that from my parents, um, but that also means I tend not to honor my limitations. Like, I don't even like to acknowledge that I have limitations. <laughs> you know, I'll work really hard and be like, why am I so tired and sad? Well, <laughs> you're exhausted, you know? <laughs> or um, it's just, uh, it's also like realizing um, the context. Like us, every person, like your body is in the middle of a story. So it's not fair not only to compare yourself to other people, but to compare yourself to a former version of yourself that had a completely different life context. It would not be fair or kind for me to compare myself to my college self who was dancing 18 hours a week um, and was 20 years old and didn't have to worry about feeding herself, like had a cafeteria and like didn't have to make money during the year. Um, that's not a fair or kind way to come to compare myself right now right so part of it is like making peace and accepting your life circumstances as they are right now instead of you know saying well why can't you look like this well you know maybe my maybe I would look differently if my life was different and that doesn't mean you can't optimize your current situation and find ways to support yourself but it's learning to not compare yourself with former eras of yourself. Right, right. Yeah, that's very powerful and very um, 
raising much awareness because I think we often do that exactly. We compare ourselves to someone, a version of ourselves 5, 10, 15, 20 years prior. Life was very different then, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and we, we take the blame. We like internalize it. We're like, well, what is wrong with me? Clearly that's possible, so why am I not that right now? And anytime that thought, what is wrong with me, pops up, it's not helpful. Right. It's not helpful. Right. Squish it. Make it go away. Interrupt it. Yeah. Yes. In 2020, April 2020, you started Dance with Dre online. What was the inspiration to go into the interwebs with your workouts? COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, truly, it was uh, sink or swim. Uh, yeah. I, like I said, my main job was in the touring industry and that shut down completely. I had no other way to feed myself and I was basically pulling a Rumpelstiltskin and spinning straw into gold and so I was like, well, I got these people and they like when I make stuff so I'm gonna make a bunch of stuff and it's really evolved since then. So I'm a really creative, grateful for the people that came along for the ride. A creative got creative and <laughs> You do what you gotta to do. Yeah. I made some good things during that year and I'm stuff that I'm really proud of. So I am That's really amazing. grateful for the people some of the people who are with me now as as members have been members since since that time and we've really um, I've really seen a change in a lot of them, not just not just physically, but mentally as well. And now, you know, some of them have met in person. I had some of them fly to Chicago for a retreat that I hosted recently. And it's just, um, it's really humbling when you have people who say like, I see you, I really value your work creatively, and I'm gonna invest in you because I know that you add something to my life. Like, it's really re rewarding as yeah. a creative, you know? That's incredible. And then at one point, you had to walk away from a class that you were teaching. You had spent a lot of time and energy into building it into, it was a very popular and highly, if I remember correctly, a very highly sought after class. And you posted how you, you stayed with a very heavy heart that in 2022, you did not think you would be able to continue to teach a class you started seven years prior a class that had become a source of joy, developed community, and lifelong friendships, but you knew you couldn't keep going knowing that you deserve to be paid more for your work, your talent and skill. It's really, really hard to do something that's so fun that you find rewarding. I think women struggle with this more than men, but you knew you had to take a risk with your business and mm -hmm. break away from this class because yeah. it wasn't paying you what you deserved and what you truly felt you the value like how did that risk like how was that part of your journey and how was how that risk work out for you Ooh, that was really painful to be honest I could really feel painful. the hurt when I was reading it I could feel in the words expressed yeah. all the hurt you were struggling with yeah because I really loved it and you know I don't really do the things that I do for money, um, I think that people who make things deserve to get paid. But um, you know, also in context, I had been coming out of years of loss. Like I said, from early 2020, it was loss after loss after loss, pandemic, COVID, 
Um, and so when things started to kind of come back to life, as it were, I kind of thought that my classes would come back to life in the same way. And they did a little bit, but, um, you know, like I said, I just, I couldn't really survive. And I wasn't allowed to raise my prices there. That's just the way that the venue was. So I went out on my own to a different um, location. And honestly, it didn't go well. <laughs> it didn't go well. And if I had done well there, and it's hard to say why, but if I had done well there, I probably wouldn't have left Nashville. Honestly, the that class ending was so depressing to me. That's why I left Nashville. Because I just couldn't wrap my brain around it and just needed like to, like a fresh start so who knows who knows <laughs> if it was worth it but I've never been one to um I'm not that risk averse you know some people are a little more risk adverse and that that means I tend to be open to failure more often um but I always know that I've given I've given everything the best I've got you know so there's, there's but, the unsatisfying answer to <laughs> But I think when we are willing to take that risk, and even if we do quote-unquote fail, I think it's more important what we take from it and learn from it and apply it. There's a, a woman by the name of Brittany Turner. She is uh, successful in real estate investing and development, and she talks about how she doesn't want to live a life without that failure because that is what helped her grow to where she is now yeah and to absolutely. her it's not failing if you if you don't give up you never really failed yeah that's true uh it just it's just a matter of learning how to um bounce back quicker right yeah and since and to not make the same you know as long as you're failing in a new way and you're gathering the information <laughs> um i think that's a very good quality but also you, especially if you are, you know, a sensitive emo person like myself, um, learning how to get back up quicker and put yourself back together quicker and to not internalize absolutely everything right. yeah. and write very vulnerable posts on Instagram. <laughs> and those vulnerable posts come from, you know, your thoughts. And you, you also talk about how your thoughts can build you up or tear you down. And one of your posts stated, life will bring you enough external challenges. Don't make it harder on yourself by talking to yourself like you are worthless. Even if you didn't do as well as you wanted to, you are valuable. Even if you did not, are not as successful as someone else, you are valuable. Even if you are not as skinny as someone else, you are valuable. We are here for improvement, not perfection. We don't have time for trashy mindsets, my dears. <laughs> Ugh. Preach, sister. This is fantastic. <laughs> you know, all those things are things that I am saying to myself, and if it resonates with people, then I'm glad for it. But I, again, am actively practicing those things. And that's what I think makes someone who does follow you and who does find you want to stay on board, because that's so common of all of us to carry that trashy mindset and to have someone that we can look up to say we don't have time for this it i think gives someone almost permission to free that negative voice from our head yeah because i think it's easy to look at the more airbrushed 
like stereotypical fit influencer person and be like, well, yeah, of course you can say that because your life is probably so easy. Like you must have all of the affection and attention that you want from the people who want to date you and the people who want to be you and you're making money and like, of course you can say that, but I'm over here like in the thick of it, trying to not hate myself and trying to improve myself and um, trying to uproot the things that are getting in the way of my own flourishing. And you know what? There's plenty of people that I have to mute on Instagram, not because they're bad people, but because they're the temptation for me to compare is so strong that it's just not helpful for me. So I really have to be mindful of like putting the blinders on and be like, what she's doing, that's great. That's not my journey. It's not material to what I'm doing right now. So please be mindful of the people <laughs> that you follow. They might be great, yeah. but they may not be helpful to you in a certain season. Absolutely. And I've noticed I, the past summer, um, life just got busy where I could not be on social media. And I noticed I had like this shift and this lift, if you will. And when I did go on, on social media, my time was very limited. And I, instead of scrolling, I would go to very specific accounts of those that mattered. And then I'd you know, get my fill and then I would be done. And I noticed at the end of the day, I was sleeping better. <laughs> I was having better conversations with my friends. <laughs> mm. Because I wasn't getting that, you know, that just that static coming mm. in. Yeah, that's great. I love that. <laughs> and so you also talk about pra practicing what you preach. And there was a day when you were celebrating and you openly state as you have in this conversation, here's a person who doesn't love her body almost ever, but she tries. Here's a person who is strong. Here's a person who loves music, dance, and joy. Here's a person who isn't as skinny as most fitness influencers and has to mute most of them so she doesn't get depressed. Here's a person who is showing up for herself as best as she can in very uncertain times with nothing but grit, cre creativity, and the grace of God. This is fantastic. Like, I had to read that several times. I'm like, man, can this just show up in our feet every day? Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's one of those uh, where you share and then you have like a vulnerability hangover the next day. And you're like, oh gosh, just get a journal, lady. Just get a journal. Um, but I'm glad that it was helpful. Uh, yeah. I think it is helpful. I, I believe it is. I don't just think I know because there's so many of us who are walking through this world with those struggles that you just addressed. And to see someone who we, we look up to, we admire, we follow and be like, Oh my God, she's a real girl. <laughs> it's oh, not yeah, just girl. me struggling with that today. Like this is a thing. Yeah, we gotta we gotta lift each other up, and that's that's one thing I love about the people who are my members and who I've kind of walked with over the past couple of years, and people who are yet to come into the fold is like you don't have to go it alone. Like you really can lean on other people and learn to change your mindset and you can change your body if you want to or you can just dance around and interrupt those spiraling thoughts with some joy and music and things that just make your life better it doesn't even even have to be about some aesthetic goal like you can just have more joy in your life absolutely and eat the chocolate chip cookie and still be happy 
Yeah, like, I honestly, I see some of those, like, what I eat in a day things, and I'll watch them, and then I'll be like, nah, man, I don't, if that's what it takes to look like you, I'm out. I do not want to <laughs> eat all those nuts and seeds and no weird drinks and stuff. I'm just like, thank you for sharing. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I was, everything, I everything has a cost. That's some, it some does. of those things. It's yeah. a cost that I'm just not willing to pay. Yeah, absolutely. I remember having an, a conversation about nutrition with a dance instructor, and she knew I was, you know, my goals, and and she's like, you know, I don't really want you to cut things out. In fact, I want you instead of eating thin crust pizza, I want you to start eating thick crust pizza because of this and this. You're burning so many calories and yada yada yada. And I'm like, wait a minute, are you saying? I don't have to give up cheese and mayonnaise. And she's like, why would you give up something delicious? And I'm like, because I thought I was supposed to do this. She's like, do not give up anything delicious. You're going to burn it off. And so now I just, and now I don't dance as intensively as I once did, but I'm like, I would rather have that extra five pounds and enjoy mayo and cheese <laughs> than to give it up. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, it's it's an, it's a moving target. The, the the thing with me and food, and that's something I freely admit to people is like, I am not a nutritionist. I cannot help you in that regard. Go with God. Like, figure out what you need to do. You know, you need to do something, but it's not coming from me because I'm definitely finding my own way with it. But yeah, it's just life is meant to be enjoyed. So, carpe the freaking diem. Amen to that. <laughs> I like how while you're posting, you talk about how it's just math. You know, like if you if you just kind of sit at home and do normal and don't do workouts and you consume more calories, you know, that there's that math that adds up the calories. But you also talk about how that math also works in your favor by eating healthier options, you know, consuming fewer calories. And like the way that that was broken down, I think takes you know, it's like math will get you down, but math will get you up. And it's just to be able to break it down so simply, you know, it's like, do what you know to do, be patient with yourself. And I love that you added your gorgeous and loved and you got this. But what a fantastic, simplistic way to just tie in something we struggle with by just saying, hey, it's math. Yeah, it's something I have to say, you know, like when I go on tour and I, you know, will literally be gone for maybe six weeks at a time and my body changes 100% of the time on tour and it's really frustrating. And like I said, the way that we feel about our bodies, especially if we have struggled with our weight for any amount of time, is that it, it is a very emotional, it's a very deep feeling. We have very strong feelings about ourselves. And so talking about the math of it just kind of neutralizes it a little bit and says like hey <laughs> it's gonna even out it's just science this is just your body like saying hey yeah your body looks like you have moved less and eaten more so that means it's also gonna start looking like it's moved more and eaten less if you do this like and that's just it and so it's just it's uncomfortable the process is uncomfortable but when you just say hey this is not a value judgment on who I am. Let the math do its thing and just try to chill out in the process. So that's just a trick I try to use with myself. It's a great trick. And with My the dad dance... was a math teacher, so. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dad. Yeah. I'm a dancer. I can only count to eight. That's the only thing. <laughs> right. <I'm doing. laughs> 
And with all the dancing that you've done, have you ever encountered like a pretty hefty injury that you've had to work through and rehab or have you been really fortunate? I've been pretty fortunate so far. Do I have any wood that I can knock on? Um, I've only <laughs> my ankle twice. Oh um, gosh. Yeah, that's super annoying. But uh, yeah, I'm, tr I'm trying to, like I said, with massage and things like that, I'm trying to be careful about like just maintaining my body and preventing injuries. I definitely need to stretch more than I do. I think we all do. Because um, I just want to be able to, to dance for as long as possible. So not yet <laughs> <laughs> how many hours a week are you dancing it just depends on the week um you know i moved back to chicago about a year ago um a year and a couple months ago and i've been able to just go and take class again which in nashville just wasn't really the case i was always leaving my class which i loved um but it's so nice to be able to come back and really just focus on my growth as a dancer and have a place to follow. And like, if you're a leader in any sphere of your life, you also need to have a place where you can follow. It's really important. So I've been really enjoying being back in the studio and just like honing my craft. So I go a couple times a week just to dance outside of my own cardio type stuff. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And how has Chicago been treating you since you've been back? Um, Chicago is great. Uh, it's hard being, I mean, my parents live in the suburbs and I'm downtown. And so it's hard being new to a place. It's hard to start your life over. It's hard to find your yeah. people and your rhythms. Um, but as a city, it's, you know, I'm a big city kind of girl. I lived in New York for six months and will probably end up there again. But, uh, yeah, a little bit more of a fit than, uh, than Nashville was. Yeah. Was it dance that took you to New York? Uh, no, I I was working at the Tonight Show, but oh, wow. <laughs> I I did do so. I did try to to launch Dance with Dre in New York City, which is quite an ambitious thing to do. <laughs> uh, that's actually how I met the fitness marshal. He's like the number one in the dance fitness industry. He's got five million YouTube subscribers, and like I said, I tend to swing for the fences. And I flew Caleb the fitness marshal, I flew him out to New York and asked if I could open for him so that way I could get in front of some people to try to launch my classes. So, um, you know, we tried. It was a, it was yeah. a good experience, and I just recently opened for him um, on his tour that came through Chicago. And so, so much of this crazy life is who you know and the ways that your stories intersect right. and intertwine. So yeah, that's been really fun as well. It's all about, yeah, networking. Networking is huge. Mm -hmm. So what's next for you and your dance career? I would love to tell you, <laughs> but I simply <laughs> cannot. Um, there's a lot of things I'm working on at the moment. Um, I, during the pandemic, put up this like YouTube live uh, on my YouTube channel, Dance with Dre, if you're looking for that sort of thing. Um, I put up a 90s, 2000s throwback video because that's the kind of music that I just love. My favorite band is Hanson. I would drop serious amounts of money if NSYNC ever actually did a reunion tour. <laughs> I just genuinely love that music. And so um, there might be some more throwback dance fitness things in the works. 
um, that I might be inviting people into. Um, maybe there will be more strength training, um, but there might be more podcasts. There might be more on the coaching side of things because I am so passionate about this, um, the mindset and the changing the narrative and flipping, flipping the script about our bodies. So there might be some new things coming up from me, but I'll be making choreography until I'm 83. So, so. yeah. Maybe even beyond. <laughs> I hope so, yes. So someone wanted to find about you or sign up for your classes, like how, how can they find you? Yep, um, I'm mostly on YouTube and Instagram uh, at Dance with Dre, D-R-E, like the doctor. And I have a <laughs> weekly email newsletter and I send out an unlisted YouTube dance workout that you can only get on the email list. And then I send out a Spotify playlist. So that's a good way to just kind of keep in touch with like what's going on. And um, my strength program only opens up a couple times a year, but if you're on the email list, um, it'll alert you to that. And my website is dancewithdre.com. Excellent, I'll get all that posted in the show notes and hopefully everyone will flock and go Please find you. Flock yes. me like the salmon of the capistro. <laughs> <laughs> your message is amazing. You are vibrant and incredible, and I appreciate your time so very much. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. This is a blast. Thank Excellent. You. Yeah. That's it with Dre. I asked her after our conversation was over if someone wants to have a life of dance in any capacity, whether professional, just for fun, or a hobby, what advice would you share with them? Her answer was so enlightening. I may need to have her back in season two so we can expand upon that conversation. I'm going to try to answer this very thoughtful question. It's hard for me to answer because for me, asking if somebody wants to have a life of dance, it's like asking if you want to have a life with oxygen. <laughs> it's like, how would you advise someone to start breathing? Um, gosh. I guess it's a matter of learning to use your body to express yourself. And it doesn't have to be in any sort of um, traditional um, vocabulary or specific steps. It doesn't have to be a batma. It doesn't have to be a padashah. It doesn't have to be a triplet or a padabure. It can just be like you learning how to move your arms in a certain way. It can, it's like learn. It can be very, very simple. It can be very pedestrian. In fact, you can, you'll see a lot of like pedestrian movement in like contemporary and obviously they build more things on top of that, but it's like, what, what even is dance? If you want to get really philosophical about it, it's like anybody can, you know, lift their arm and open it, but can you lift it with intention behind it? Can you make somebody feel something the way that you move your arm or even if you're not thinking about the audience feeling something like, do you feel something like it's, it's kind of more about, connecting to that engine inside of you and letting it come out. And I suppose a big part of that is, you know, you get more of a command over your, your body and the vocabulary of your body as you practice it. And I suppose 
there does have to come some level of, um, this is not a word, unselfconsciousness. I think you can't really be self-conscious. And I say that because I think that's a lot of what holds people back. So if somebody were trying to um, start implementing a life that had dance in it, you know, that, that old adage of dance like nobody's watching, it's kind of a double-edged sword because most dancers at heart really want people to watch. Um, but I suppose if you're starting out and if you have some level of self-consciousness, you would want to dance like nobody's watching in terms of feeling unself-conscious and just, it's like ultimate presence, right? It's, it's truly like that Billy Elliot quote, it feels like electricity. That's 100% what it feels like. And I would say, if you want to have a life of dance in it, then dance, then do it. And I think, um, man, there's so many, (laughs) this could be a whole separate podcast. Um, Just me talking about dancing and in really esoteric ways. Um, Shoot, now I forgot what I was going to say. I would say that there's a difference between having a life with dance in it and becoming a dancer. Um, I feel like those are somewhat two different things, but it's, it's almost like having a life with dancing makes me feel like there's a field with flowers and you are invited to frolic in it. And that is on invitation to everyone in whatever manner your body can and wants to frolic and I feel like that process of becoming a dancer is like sitting down at a potter's wheel and allowing yourself to be molded but very slowly over time um and it can be quite painful as the clay but uh, I think both are um, beautiful journeys in their own right and by all means don't let anything stop you from dancing If you want to follow Dre on her socials or join one of her fitness dance online courses, please go to the links in the show notes. Next week, we talk with Cody Kelly. This is a man who is breaking barriers within his own family dynamic. A man who didn't think much about his future as a kid, but he is making strides with his growing fitness business and wellness coaching. I think what holds him back is the fear of failure. It's the fear of judgment. It's the fear of I'm going to look stupid doing this exercise. I'm going to look silly because I don't know what I'm doing. Someone's going to laugh at me. And it's really that we're all in our own head when it comes to starting. The hardest thing to do everything is just start. We will wait for the perfect time, create the perfect plan, when the reality is none of that exists. It all gets figured out as we work through it, as we begin the process. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Journey to the Rise. I do hope you'll follow us on your podcast app so you have the latest episode downloaded. I would love to have you join us over on Instagram. You can find our account at Journey to the Rise Podcast. This episode was researched, produced, and edited by Girl Boss Productions. Our music was written and produced by Girl Boss Productions. And please remember to be kind to yourself when you're kind to you. It is easier to be kind to others because you cannot hate yourself into a version you love. I'm Lucretia, and you've been listening to Journey to the Rise.